Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. I explained that last week that you were the big bad wolf of Edward Jones. But this week, I'm happy to announce, Xander, I'm adding a new stake to the Sporting Edge. I am now doing it, the show, for the first time in Texas, here in the lovely city of Austin. Flew in very early this morning, got up at 4.30, get to the hellhole that is LAX. And now I am here in the beautiful, very hot and humid Austin, Texas, ready to celebrate a nice weekend of relaxing. Um but there was a couple of things that led up to this. I just want to bring up one traveling and two Dodger Stadium. So I went to the game last night, Xander, as I was yeah, texting you. Yeah, let me hear your thoughts and on I Dodger told you Stadium. Do- Do- Dodger Stadium is the armpit of stadiums <laughs> in Major League Baseball. I think that's the best way to put it. I, really? It started off nice, all right? I get there two and a half hours before game time okay. because I know at every stadium you get to see your team do batting practice if they're the away team. So I got to see Addison Russell, Ian Happ, mm-hmm. Alvaro Mora, take a little bit of batting practice. Like typically what we see at Wrigley Field when we go, just it, it was my team finally for the first time. And you, you and I, when we go to the game, we typically try to find the best seat. Do we not? Yeah. If it's there's some available, we're going to be there. But, you know, those, right. those, t- those so, old ticket ladies, they get you. They're always looking. And they are always looking. So I met, I made friends with the the guest services actually where I'm sitting front row for batting practice front row of the not, by the way, this is, it's not segregation because it's not race, but it is class. They have a rich and celebrity section at Dodger stadium that is closer to the field. And then there's a barricade for the rest of the fans. So I sat front row on that barricade in the non-celebrity rich section and was pretty pissed off because it is a good distance from the field. So there isn't really a great seat in the house to start off with. But I started off in a great place. Got to watch the first inning. Made friends with this guy Richard, who is the guest services. Explained to him, Richard. Richard. All right, Richard. this is unbelievable. His name's Richard, and um, we we become friends. And I explained to him that we do this, where I find the best seat in the house, and if he wants to move me out, he can move me out. He said he enjoyed the conversation, and he was fine with me sitting there until somebody bumped me out. Then I met season ticket holders and asked them to or traditionally who sits where so I could like learn what seats to pick. They loved me. I, they thought my intellect about the game and knowing sports as is was fun to talk to Jeez, a young, what, young what, kid. How, how, how little did they know? 
they were pretty good. I mean, the wives even had some good takes. They had Dodger history, actually. They were very good with that. And they actually got me on a couple of things as we, we tried quizzing me on the retired numbers of the Dodgers. I wouldn't be able to do that for you right now, but we, we, we did some of that. Um, I they I haven't, haven't, had so a lot of, haven't had a lot of winning history lately. So No, haven't won since the 80s. So that was the one thing I was getting after them. Yeah, 86, I believe, was their last title. 86 or 88, I can't remember. It is up in the ballpark. But I get moved in the second inning because the other thing in L.A. is people come late. I understand the traffic issue, but if I was there two and a half hours early, I think you can get there. It's in Echo Park. It's not even in the hub of the city. Get to the game on time. I've had that issue at Wrigley Field. I think if you're late by more than an inning, you forfeit your ticket. And I think me and you have agreed on that. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you live in L.A. and you know what traffic is like, you know that you're going to the game, it's like, yeah, you should. I think you should get there on time because you know all the variables. The only person to blame right. is yourself if you're late. Exactly. And like for me, I this is I've been here for five months in L.A. and it's my first Dodger game and I still was early. I think that's pro- that's kudos to me. And I think I'm deserving of the seat I initially picked. Anyways, I then went back to my seat, which was still field level, was still a good seat. And I'm sitting around the worst fan base in the history of sports. And I think that goes for all of L.A. and all of California. They're so bleach blonde and surfboard dumb dash everything else in between they don't know sports i'm sitting in front of a girl and a guy where the girl had to explain each inning the variables that occur in a baseball game that there's three outs which team bats first how the game would end with the team in the ninth inning not having to pitch again if they were the home team if they had the lead it was absolutely absurd sounds like a, let me just sounds put like that a girlfriend to me so that sounds like like the girlfriend was actually somewhat impressive to me the boyfriend had no clue what was pretty, going on and then we just pretty, had then, pretty good Pretty good. I mean, but you also get just the Dodger fans picking fights with Dodger fans. Dash, like if they saw a Cubs jersey, they tried doing a little heckling, and then they said, when was the last time the Cubs won the World Series? Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, eh, like you're right, it's been two years, but it's only been two years. It was, it was atrocious. These fans were god-awful. I also missed, I would say, half the game. And that's not because I was moving around. I actually didn't leave my seat for nine innings, Xander. That's one of the more impressive stretches you can do. Did not leave my seat one time other than to get there after I was booted in the first innings. Yeah. And everybody around me got up four times during the game. <laughs> four times to go to concessions, to pee, get more concessions. I mean, it was not a it was not a thin crowd. It was not the typical L.A. crowd. This was a somewhat gordito, grande crowd. So it was not great. <laughs> I missed a lot missed a lot of the game, but the Cubs ended up losing. They started out hot with a Wilson Contreras two run home run that was hit directly to me. The Dodger fan to my left caught it though and he threw it back on the field. Would have been a great ball to take home, but I just missed it. Um it was unfortunate there. And they had a nice little comeback in the eighth, but Kenley Jansen, it's cool. We loved seeing Chapman. We've loved seeing some of the pitchers we've seen together. Dude, Kenley Jansen is definitely a fun pitcher to see live. He was incredible. Yeah, he's uh he's a big man. It's a large, large and large man, and it was fun. It was a good time. The Cubs won today, uh, or won on Thursday. Obviously, we recorded on Thursday, eleven five. But I'm going to finish zero and one yet this year, Xander. I don't know what your record's at in terms of Cub games. I know Dylan's zero and two, um, but I'm zero and one, and I'm going to probably finish zero and one on the Cubs season this year. Another losing season for me, going to see the Cubs play live, and that's that hurts. Yeah, well, I'd rather be 0-1 than 0-0 because I'm, uh, I'm gameless so far. I haven't even sniffed Wrigley Field. I don't remember the last time I was in the city. been such a bum lately. 
You should go. I mean, we have friends at home who like the Cubs. I'm surprised you guys haven't gone yet. I know you guys have a fun weekend planned ahead and oh, probably we, are getting oh, after yes, right do. now as you guys listen to the show. We do have a fun but, weekend planned. Um, but, yeah, interesting about Dodger Stadium. I never would have guessed that it would just be such a such a lackluster place. But I, I could definitely right. see the L.A. sports fan just not being – not being as into it, not being as diehard, just not not being a good fan. I could see it. I just, you know, now, now that we've got a little confirmation, kind of wonder what they're like and in yet basketball. They have to, for, in basketball, that I got I got all of them yesterday because throwing out the first pitch was Svetty Mikhailu. I know Jared's going to call me out for not saying his name the right way. The Kansas guard who got drafted in the second round by the Lakers and then Mort Wagner, the first round pick by the Lakers who played at Michigan last year. Vog- they threw out the Wagner. first pitch and I had to – Va- Mo Wagner, isn't yeah, it Wagner? No, he's German. It's Wagner, you you got to throw the German in there. Well, I'm a Jew, so we try to hide from that. Anyways, they threw out the first pitch, and I had to explain to everybody from LA who they were, and where they came from, and that they're going to be playing for their team. And they had no idea what was going on. And then this is a city that's trying to add two football teams. Are you kidding me? The Chargers, I think, won't exist more than five years in L.A. And if the Rams can keep up the success, it's the only way they're going to be able to maintain any bit of status in L.A. Yeah, I mean, the, the Chargers, I don't even know if they should be a team anymore. But in the meantime, that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. It is damn good to be back, and we'll be back for more after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? It is Wits and Roz here at the Sporting Edge. And I got to hop in on one more story. As I told you, I got up early this morning to fly. And I slept most of the flight, but I'm a very aware sleeper when I'm on a plane. Anything that moves near me, I'm awake. Anything that shuffles, whether it's a little turbulence, I'm awake, ready to be prepared if anything's to go wrong. And in those 35 minutes of me being awoken here and there, I, I developed this idea that Instead of being angry at all the problems that go on around me, whether it's in an airport or in L.A. where there's just too many people all the time, just turn it into comedy. And I was thinking to myself, I would have a good I think anybody who is a true comedian could have a great fit from being on an airplane. For example, I think that parents who know that they get to bring their kids if they're babies on a plane for free believe it's like the grocery aisle where you get a free sample of deli meat. But it's completely wrong, because if it was that situation. One, I would also get a free slice of deli meat. And in this situation, I get nothing when the baby starts crying like crazy. You know, it's a huge pain in the ass. It drives me nuts. So I was thinking that there could be a new rule implemented on the plane. I think you're going to agree with me here, Xander. Okay. If a baby is brought on, that there should be two options. One, everybody in the four aisle area that it is in should be discounted their price of ticket. Sounds good so far, right? Sure. And if we have the deli slice example where everyone's happy at a supermarket because they get double the free sample, if they get to bring their baby in for free and the only way to shut it up is allowing it to suck off the teat of the mother, she should be able to share her teat (laughs) with one of us. It should be a shared mutual thing. (laughs) Wow. That that took an unexpected turn. Um, Right. And I, uh, I just, I don't have much to say about your your airplane comedian skit story, meat deli meat aisle shenanigans. Right. Um, 
I just think it's a great it's it's a great metaphor to life that they think they can get away with it, but unless they're sharing like the rest of the deli aisle, they should not be allowed to have their baby on the plane. Ultimately, is the story. So that's just what I got here. I'm in Longhorn Country, where the Texas Longhorns still suck. And since we're talking about college basketball, there's another issue me and you were discussing. Wait, we're we're on the same side about college basketball. It, so I thought we were talking about issue. deli meat. No, we're going into college basketball. Okay. Deli Mead's story is over. Okay. I want you to bring up the Wendell Carter, or, yeah, Wendell Carter incident that's going on. It's really not Wendell; it's his mother, Kyla Carter, calling out the famous Coach K. I mean, I don't even think I, I don't even need to be a part of the show anymore. I mean, you, you done, you know, six out of the last six segments. I mean, you want just just keep us rolling. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who needs me anymore. I think you have the most beautiful color commentary of all time. That's why I think you're so integral to this show. Well, it's easy to be a color color commentator when you uh, you know you don't really watch any sports during the week, and then come on and do this type of show. It makes it a little more fun. But um, yeah, you know, you mentioned Wendell Carter's mom um, came out with some angry words. He Wendell Carter said she was misquoted, but essentially, how I read the story was that she was upset. That she that her family wasn't kept in the loop about Duke bringing on Marvin Bagley, um, the third late last off season. Um, so she didn't fault the Bagley family at all, but she felt betrayed by Coach K and his staff for making Bagley's reclassification possible and leaving the Carters out of the loop because Wendell Carter was supposed to be, you know, the top recruit for Duke. Um, that that just pisses me off. That that she felt out of the loop there there is no loop for moms and families in college basketball it's about it's about championships and if you have a chance to land one of the biggest recruits in the country and a guy who turned out to be you know the acc player of the year arguably the best player in the country like that is so ridiculous and that your your son was still a seventh pick in the nba draft i mean what gives you the right to say that you felt betrayed by Coach K because he brought in a recruit who was more high profile than your son. Absolutely ridiculous. That pisses it me off. It didn't impact his playing time either, which is the other point that I don't understand at this point. Like, this is bringing up an old bag of soup or an old bag I, I of eggs. Like, it, it's just, it smells bad and it's old. It doesn't matter anymore. It, it just, it's, it's so selfish. I mean, I, I got to read this quote um, from her. To be honest, I felt like that information was kept from us. Um, she told NBC Sports Chicago, it felt shady. It felt like my baby was going to get kicked to the curb. I felt like all of that. Like, since when were, like, team sports at all about the feelings of one guy who's supposed to be more high-profile than the next? Just such a ridiculous thing to even come out and say, um, especially after the fact now, like, right after the NBA right. draft. And does she... Does she expect the Bulls to come to her with all the free agency decisions? Like, what if they go big and get, like, Derek Favors or another all-time, <laughs> like, go- a, or another Is big Is that piece. going big for like, the Bulls nowadays, Derek Favors, out of all the people out there? I, I'm just trying to think of free agent power forwards that could come in and ultimately be in Wendell Carter's way. I mean, Laurie Markkinen is also a power forward. What if they decide to go big center? Like, you know, like they trade for Anthony Davis. Does, does she have to be filled in on all the team business because her baby not, might not be able to play right away? I mean, even if Bagley didn't go to Duke, you really think Wendell Carter Jr. would have been drafted over Bagley? I that to me just seems ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, regardless, that's not really the point I'm making, but I just think it's such a ridiculous thing for her to say that 
you know, it's all about her son, you know, being the most high profile guy on the team. It's like, that's not what it's about. And the fact that you even think about calling out a coach for that, um, is just so ridiculous. And, you know, obviously I get all, get all my sports info from CBS and this was just on the front page. So I had to read it, but it's a ridiculous story. Um, and it just kind of, it just kind of ticks me off that someone would do that. It's like, it's just not about you. It should pick you off. It's about like, it getting about wins and winning championships. And if you're going to have a chance to land the best guy out there, like, why not? And for her to say that. I completely. Ugh. He wasn't even the first recruit to come in there. Like, Duvall was in there, Gary Trent Jr. They're all high t- like highly touted recruits. So it just blows my mind. I think she's just a little jealous. I think Bagley is the one who's built to be the better player. They're on separate NBA teams now, so I don't think it should be that big of a deal. I think, it, again, this is this is a bizarre news story to me because why wasn't this brought up before the season started when there's plenty of time? I mean, it's not like Bagley signed the day before the season started. He signed last this or the previous spring. She could have had issue with it all summer, and he could have transferred. This is just like doesn't it just seem like most odd time to bring an issue up like this? Yeah, it does seem odd, but. You know, I, I have a feeling that you forgot my one hot take for last week that, that I, I wanted you to throw in the show. Did I forget your hot take? Uh, I, I believe you did. Um, and this is uh, actually against Marvin Bagley. I hate to say it, but this is especially for Rube. Marvin Bagley will be the NBA's next Michael Beasley. You heard it here first. Wow. It's going to happen. He's going to be that, like the most averagely so good, not good top pick since Michael Beasley. He's going to have a career like Michael Beasley, and I think he's going to be a bust. Um, Maybe then Mrs. Carter will be right at that point. <laughs> then she can come out and be like, my son was better. Maybe. I, I don't, And I don't even know if that was her point. It was just, you know, she was pissed off. But I think Marvin Bagley is the next Michael Beasley. I just... I think he's very talented, but so is Michael Beasley. Um, and I just, mm-hmm. I, I think people are in for a, a big surprise, and I know I'm going to get a lot of blowback from Rube on this one, but I just, I don't see it. I think he, I th- well, it's not going to be bad. I'm going to dish it back first, too. Dish it, fine, dish it back. I think you're completely wrong. I think okay. his talent won't I've be I've been the wrong before, not usually hit. when arguing with you, but it has happened before. Right, so he's going to be on the NBA all-rookie first team. He's playing on a team that's going to need Kevin Love production out of him. He's going to have to score, rebound, work on his defense to improve there. The reason he'll be forgotten ultimately is because Sacramento is the worst team in terms of developing their young talent. I mean, look at all the picks they've had over the year, years, and they haven't been able to develop anybody. So I think Bagley, honestly, has the best shot of coming out of there as their best player in terms of draft pick and everything. So, Yes, there's similarities to him and Beasley, although he doesn't have the weed issues that Beasley had that kept him off the court for a little while due to suspensions as well as the inability to perform and be conditioned for the NBA game. I think Bagley's going to be, like I said, a first-team all-rookie player, and he's going to have to be the predominant player that scores rebounds and learns a little bit of defense in Sacramento. So I think you're wrong there. I just want to – I want my case to be made. All right, your case is made, and – that is the case we are making for the Sporting Edge because this is the end of the second segment. If you miss a show, everybody, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com. We'll be back after the break with a little more talk on the NBA. We're going to talk some baseball, too, because 
You know, I you know I can't hold back after a week of being off. So we'll be back after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. Bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Lady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubba We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge with your hosts, Wits and Roz. We're going to hop back into the NBA, and we're going to definitely get Wits his fix of Major League Baseball talk because he's probably been chomping at the bit for two weeks now to talk some power rankings in terms of Major League Baseball. Needed but to slip my Wits. Marvin Beasley quote in, though. That's his I, new, that's you his new name. Marvin? No, no, I, just, I slipped it in oh. last night. That's his new name, is Marvin Beasley. Fine. It's not Marvin Fair. Bagley. But we're going to... We're going to put Xander under the gun real quick. It's going to be a very quick segment. We're going to do talking soccer with Wits. The knockout round has been set. So I'm going to tell you the matchup, Xander, and you just have to pick the team you think's coming out of the first round okay. matchup off the top of your head. Okay. So you ready for this? I haven't be watched quick. a second really, of soccer. It's like word association. So this should be fun. And I'll tell you if I agree or disagree. All right. First matchup. Wait Uruguay, a minute. Portugal. Wait a minute. One more thing. You mentioned that... Marvin Bagley will be an NBA All-Rookie First Team. You know who else was NBA All-Rookie First Team? Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley. Mm-hmm. And look, look what I'm happened. glad you got your last point. <laughs> now pick some soccer. Okay. Now pick some soccer games for yeah. these fans. All Uruguay, right. Portugal. Go. Portugal. Uruguay has won three games already this year. I think Uruguay is going to upset Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, next game: France, Argentina. France. Good call. France has been the better team. Messi has not performed well or showed any indication that this Argentina team will be able to advance. They actually scored in the final minutes of the game to advance to this round. Now we've got Brazil, Mexico. Mexico. I like the Mexico pick. I like the underdog here. They didn't perform well at the end of their group play. Brazil has been the better team and looks like the better team on paper. But I like the upset with Mexico. Give me Belgium or Japan. Oh, it's definitely Belgium. Belgium has been the best team. They won their first, their all three of their games in their pool, beating England one nothing on Thursday. So I'm going with Belgium as well. Then we got Spain and Russia. And keep in mind, this is happening in Russia. Steroids are illegal in Russia, and they probably hired all the refs. So just keep that in mind for this matchup. <laughs> I'm going to take Spain. So I, I could. Can you toss so, a brother a money line, maybe? So I don't. I have no idea. Like, you know, what the I have line no money lines are. here. I'm literally looking at. I think you're doing a pretty good job. We've agreed on pretty much all of them except for one. But I'm going to go Spain with you there. Cheating never prospers. So remember that, young sporting fans. Croatia, Denmark, a game I'll tell you I have no idea about, other than Croatia is 3 and up. Um, Give me Denmark then. Denmark uh, on the goal line? Is that what they call it? I think, it's not the run line. It's the I think goal cr- line. 
I have no clue. I just think Croatia wins 6-0. <laughs> but we got two more, Sweden, Switzerland, the battle of the sweet countries. Mm, give me Switzerland. Good chocolate. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sweden. They have even better chocolate. Okay. Just kidding. I'm not sure about that. Colombia, England. Mm, England. I got to go with our uh, pals over there who we stole the United States from as well. Colombia kind of sneaking in there at the end. I'm going to go England, although they did just lose. So that was talking soccer. That's our first round prediction. We'll follow up and see how good we are. If we were excellent and hit 100% on that, then we'll be forever a soccer podcast. If not, then we're going to continue to neglect the sport like we've been doing well, we, since we, we've been airing the we show. We did have a major soccer guest on what seems like about five years ago, but it did happen. We had a professional soccer player. We did. We had a professional soccer player on. That was pretty That was pretty wild. That was nice. Thank remember, you, Joey Cleese. Remember when the All sporting right, edge used to have a bunch of cool guests? That, that was fun. We're, we're actually almost back on that. I, there's been breaking news that we'll, uh, we'll let you know on first shows moving up. We're going to have new distribution. I actually haven't explained this to Xander yet, but we'll, <laughs> we'll be getting to it. Nice. Um, but we're, we're new distribution and potential guests coming up. Cam, Cameron Payne from the Chicago Bulls might be our next guest. That is just in the works. Um, but let's do a little NBA. Let's get back to it because it's uh, prediction season, and there's nothing better than me and Wits are at than predicting, whether it's money lines, spreads, or where LeBron James is going to play. Lots of talk, Sander. There's lots of talk about LeBron ready to make a decision early, which is something you like to hear. He obviously needs one or two dominoes to fall into place, and that is either Paul George, who just opted out of his contract with the Thunder to sign with the Lakers, or for the Lakers to make this trade with Kawhi Leonard happen. The Celtics trying to play devil's advocate or trying to just stop the situation from occurring by entering trade talks for Kawhi Leonard. Tell me what you're thinking. Do you think Kawhi ultimately is going to be a Celtic or a Laker? I'm going to say neither. Um, Wow. I think you're just so wrong already, but I'm curious to hear. All right. I I could be. (laughs) I'm, I'm so out of the loop with NBA and it's kind of funny because this is the best this is the best season in the NBA. I mean it's already it's been more exciting best I think season, the past far. the past 3 days than it was out of like the whole 6 months of last season. Um I think that LeBron and Paul George are going to go to LA. That's my that's my gut feel. Um and I don't know where that leaves Kawhi. I've I've heard some talks that he might go to the 76ers, which that'd be that'd be a spooky team. Kawhi, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. That's a that's a one three five knockout punch. Um, that'd be an awesome team. I, I think Paul George is going to team up with LeBron. I think Paul George is a great player. Don't think he can lead a team by himself um, to an NBA championship. And I think it'd be a, he'd be a great a great piece to go with LeBron um, and taking him to LA. I don't really know what LA is going to give up. I've heard a lot about Brandon Ingram leaving. Um, one thing I don't want to see, I don't want to see Lonzo lead the Lakers. I feel like he just needs, I feel like him and LeVar need to be in L.A. Just because. They need they to be to. there. You can't, you just, you just he can't. He becomes irrelevant him. if he leaves. I know, he does. And that, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the show. I like the LeVar show. Right. It's fun. And I do. I, I think it's fun, and we've had a good time. We've, we've definitely shifted opinions on the show from the start of it to where we are now. Yeah, I mean, you, so just, I'm you, just gotta stay, you. you just got to stay in your lane, you know? Right. You just got to stay in your lane, and I'm going to tell you to stay in your lane no, in it's, terms uh, of basketball stay, stay, stay in your lane. Forget the stay you are. Stay I, in your lane. Cool, I'm not cool enough to drop the you and the R part of your. I'm so not either, but... Let me... 
Let me let me explain real quick why what's going to happen. So Magic Johnson came out this week saying that there's a two-year plan for the Lakers, and he says if he doesn't succeed in the next two years in free agency, he's going to step down. That's yeah. first right. off a very bold claim by that guy. <laughs> All right, Magic. unbelievable. Like Magic, take it easy. That's a that's a that's a like Dylan Wallace, take it easy moment. Just like send the text, take it easy. We'll, we'll work it out. What I've been hearing is Kawhi Leonard, who also openly came out this week and said that he plans no matter what to sign with the Lakers in the 2019 free agency. That means it's a risk by any means for any team other than the Lakers to go after him. The Celtics do believe they have the culture to convince Kawhi Leonard to stay. I don't know if that at the end of the day is going to be what the results will show. I think he wants to be at home. He's from California, wants to play for the hometown team. So I think Magic saying that is alluding to the fact like, hey, if we don't get him this year, LeBron, trust us, we can get you and Paul George this year, and we can sign Kawhi a year from now, which, again, would just stall the process of somebody combating the Golden State Warriors. So I think, ultimately, they're all going to end up in Los Angeles. I just don't know at what rate it's going to happen. I think the Lakers are really pushing to get this trade done before July 1st when all of the player options become available. Um, so we'll see where that goes. This was interesting by Stephen A. Smith, and you have to tell me your reaction because I, I kind of feel it already without even telling you what I'm about to say. I, honest, I don't know what he said, so, so it's going to be interesting. There is a supposed rumor-fact LeBron James has been texting Kevin Durant this week about the potential of playing in Golden State. Now, I need to know what your reaction would be if it was Curry, Thompson, Durant, LeBron James, and Draymond Green as a starting lineup. Like, I feel like the NBA would have to step in like they did during that failed Chris Paul trade. Chris Paul. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's not a trade. It would be a signing. I don't care. You can't. They would have to step in and just say no. (laughs) Adam Silver would just have to have his defining moment. Maybe the most defining moment of any sports commissioner in the history of any major pro sports league, and just say, just flat out say, no, just not going to happen. Like, can you? I can't even imagine. Like, the league is bad enough. It was pretty bad. And the only thing I think that saved it a little this year was some of the young talent around the league, on the T Wolves, on the Seventy Sixers, on the Celtics. But it's a it's a bad league. I mean, the regular season doesn't mean anything. You get half the league making the playoffs, um, and you have a, a team that we basically knew what was going to happen. We tried tried to kid ourselves that it wouldn't, but it ended up being the same thing and being one of the worst NBA finals I've ever seen. Um, and if LeBron went to the Warriors, it would just make the league like exponentially worse. It would just be like the it would be the worst season I think in the history of any professional sports league ever. You just you, you just, just know that team like. It looks like a team that should go 82-0, but like obviously they lose. So like the storylines would have to be made during the regular season. Like, oh, they lost to this team. We've got a shot at an upset. But like knowing perfectly well when they get to the playoffs, there's like a 0% chance that they would lose. I think they would sweep the postseason. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot, you know, I think lesser teams that have, I don't know if anybody swept the postseason. But regardless, it's just that thought kind of makes me sick. But – doesn't it? It's like a really eerie thought. Like, what? Who do you root for in the NBA? Because there's like no shot yeah. <laughs> like anywhere. Yeah. No shot. But uh, that is all the time. Because there's no shot here. right now. 
Don't interrupt. Don't interrupt the conclusion. Don't interrupt an outro. Sorry, concluding. <laughs> this is the Sporting Edge, everybody. You know where to find us if you miss the show. LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com. We'll be back after the break with a little more NBA and some MLB. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are still a little bit distraught here at the Sporting Edge. Uh, the fact that I even brought up the LeBron James of the Warriors and put it into the universe as Xander in a whirlwind, a sport he already could care less about, he might go to full 0% on them. And that that's that's incredible for a sports fan to completely shut out a league in its own. Or, you know what it could do? It could get to the point where it's like, it's like the water's so hot that it's cold. One of those phenomenons. I might just start watching the Bulls every night. Because like I can I can enjoy watching them with no pressure. Just be like, you know what? The Bulls are going to go out and do what they're going to do. Like, hope they play some good basketball. Maybe they go 0-82, get the number one pick. Everybody's happy. But like, yeah, there, there would be, there's already very little reason to watch the NBA regular season. And now there would be none. There would be zero. There would be, Chris, I wouldn't even watch the Christmas games. And those are the, those are the most fun games to gamble on. Right. They would, the only way they could save the season a little bit is if they didn't put the Warriors on Christmas and just, we just had a betting free for all yes. on Christmas day. That, that's one of the most amazing proposals I've ever heard. And if we don't somehow try to submit that to the NBA, this is all if LeBron goes to the Warriors. They should definitely not be allowed to play on Christmas Day because that would make that day relevant again. It would ruin the Christmas spirit. It would. Fuck it. It would be scrooging it. Yeah, but... That was a hard enough bomb. Um, the fact that they're just even texting each other, just... I don't know. It's just like, where, where's that? That ruins it, too. Yeah, it's like, where's the, you know... They're, they're talking. I don't want to be one of those, like, I oh, back in the day, but... And I wasn't alive back in the day, but it just seems like back in the day, you know, like you had some some great players like all around, and they're always trying to beat each other. And now they're it's like they're always trying to team up, and it, it just it makes the league I think a lot worse. It's like why don't we just have like why don't we have like a six team league or an eight team league with all the good players, and then just have like a second league? Because what's what's the point? You know, half the teams that make the playoffs don't even have like a legitimate shot. To, to win anything. And it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean it's a shit league to begin with. Pardon my French. But you know, this this kind of talk it just is like I, I like the I like the competitive aspect of sports. Like I'd much rather have a guy like LeBron saying like I don't want to ever play with KD. Like screw him. Like I'm gonna beat that him. Katie's a big or that KD is a baby back bitch. Yeah. He, if he if he if LeBron came out and said that that would be amazing. But if LeBron is talking with KD and they team up in Golden State. I'm taking away in my book KD's two championships. They don't count anymore. And and any further championships yeah. that they win. Mm-hmm. And that goes for Steph Curry and the rest of those guys as well. I also let Steph keep his. But no, would, you can give Steph one, the one where he won without KD. That's fine. Then I would. I would like to make a rule that KD can only be credited with the championship if he goes back to OKC and wins it with them. And that's it. Yeah, but it should be with an old Russ Westbrook, so he, like, really has to win it. Yeah, I, you know, you know what? what I'm saying? Can, you, can you imagine, what if he had stayed one more year at OKC? 
Well, here's the thing we didn't even talk about, the fact that OKC has now three MVPs. At, they had three MVPs at one point, Harden, Durant, and Westbrook. Like that's, that's ridiculous. pretty crazy, and they were just also self. There's also selfish. They couldn't win together. How does that team not win together? You think of super teams. You're telling well, me KD, dude, Russ Westbrook, think, and James Harden. I don't think super Harden team. was as good of a player as he was back then as he is now. I do not think Th- that. But at he all. develops then. Like he that next year in Houston by himself, he was amazing. So what it took to, for him to be alone to be that good is that it's the Kevin Love effect. Then it's the somebody needed to score, somebody needed to put up stats. And that's well, what he, he did. He won the like, MVP. How is, I don't believe in his MVP this year anyways. I think LeBron easily should have won it. But that's an argument we've had way too many times on this show. Yeah, agreed. And we'll put sweep that one so on let's the rug. Get, we're going to sweep that on the rug. Let's get to a competitive sport that always is, has different variables in it. And let's talk your Major League Baseball. I even have the power rankings up ready for you to tell me about them. I know one through five is a very AL-dominated um, very AL dominated power rankings. We do have the Arizona Diamondbacks at five. They must they made a nice little run as of late. Um, but you got the Astros, Red Sox, Yankees, and Indians in that order in the top five. AL seems like it's the hot year for them, man. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, you know the the Cleveland Indians now have the biggest division lead, I believe, in Major League Baseball. Uh, so hey, tell me about that division. It's gonna be a, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a barn burner, right? There's no more fight left in those dogs. Um, I think <laughs> the Tigers lost nine in a row coming into Thursday. Yeah, um, you know Minnesota's and Chicago White Sox are four and six in their last ten. Kansas City's three and seven. Um, and yeah, cra- crazy to think that this this one's poised division is turning into a shit show. Which it, it always should have been, honestly. Um, I, I sung a lot of praise for the Tigers and the Twins early. And it looks like the Twins are going to be major sellers at the deadline. Um, and, you know, it looked like a couple of weeks ago they could have been buyers. Um, you know, maybe they could get that, you know, extra wild card spot. But the Indians, I think, have, have taken their rightful place among the worst division in baseball, I think, by a long shot. Um you look at the other two divisions, though. I mean, the AL East, I think, is fun because the Red Sox and Yankees are just both killer teams, and they're awesome. they got a lot of great players. But the AL West, um, interesting division. You know, I, I know that the Oakland A's and the LA Angels are, you know, 10 and a half and 13 games back, respectively, but the Angels have been an interesting team so far, and, you know, I'm hoping that Otani can get back to at least swing a little bit. But the A's having a, having a pretty damn good season. Um, you know, fifty-five and twenty-eight for the Astros. That's that's pretty tough to compete with. But the A's are they're pretty fun to watch. It's just a shame that they're just going to be just forgotten again. And they actually had a pretty good season right now. But yeah, I, it's the tough part about baseball. I mean, they're fourteen and fifteen respectively on the power rankings, and it sucks. The Angels once again have fallen off because we need Mike Trout in the postseason. It just doesn't seem like the Angels can have enough to get him there, which is the unfortunate part. Right. I mean, it's really it's really sad, in my opinion, that they can't get a team around him. But I think health has played a pretty major factor the past couple of years. I mean, their pitching just doesn't stay healthy. And, I mean, look at this here. Shohei Otani goes down um, kind of like a Masahiro Tanaka when he first got in the league. Right. But, 
hurts, man. It's, it's an important part of the team. It does hurt. So now it just – it's amazing though, you know, with the second wild card, how big winning the division is now because you get that three – you know, you get the series or the five-game series instead of the one game. Um, so we know it's going to be Cle- – we know it's going to be Cleveland. I think that's the only clear-cut division winner in my mind right now. You got New York. Right, and, and we – and we hang around the top a lot. So, I, and you said New York, so this is kind of a. I'm just making the segue happen anyway. So let's talk about the bottom real quick because you were talking about sellers and buyers, and there's something that's irking me so so much that there's a team I know that needs to buy, and that's my Chicago Cubs, your Chicago Cubs as well. And there's a team that needs to sell, and that's also your team. That's the New York Mets. They need to sell, 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 sell. And I'm hearing they're open to it with Syndergaard and Degrom. Why is it the Cubs aren't in talks? land an ace like that with a pitching rotation that hasn't been that successful lately. I mean, Kyle Hendricks just got lit up the other night. He pitched one and two-thirds inning at the game I went to. It was ridiculous. Why can't we fill in a role with DeGrom or Syndergaard as they're sitting 27th in the power rankings and are 7 of 25 since May 21st? That's so bad. Dude, my Mets two years in a row. Um, that'd be pretty cool. Your Mets suck. They do suck. But uh, I'm all in. I would love Degrom. I think he's a top, top five pitcher in baseball. Um, and wow, that went quick. I could talk baseball for another two hours. But we're coming up on the end of the show here. Didn't even get to talk about the National League at all. But take a quick run through division leaders. We got the Braves, the Brewers, and the Diamondbacks. Um, and the NL division races, I think, are are awesome. They're all close. There's three teams in each division. That could absolutely make a play to win the whole thing um, in their respective divisions. So we'll have more for you next week. Um, we'll update all the games, all the, all the standings. Got the All-Star break coming up, and just got to throw this in here. Bryce Harper's hitting closer to 200 than he is to 275. That's pretty bad. That's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. We'll catch you next I love you, Bryce. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.